This time on Guided. If I were to listen to this interview three years ago, I would have been like, I would have turned it off at this point and been like, this woman is full of shit. Like life is not like pixie dust and rainbows where you get your trust and you get to travel to Bali and then poof, it happens. Like it doesn't happen for me. I mean, it just happens for her because she must be blah, 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 gifted or lucky or whatever. She just doesn't want to work and what, you know, there's so many things I could come up with that would not allow for me to hear the words that I'm saying right now. And I would be the last person to say, okay, there, there's a possibility there. If I didn't at some point have a moment where everything was dismantled and crumbled, right? But you don't have to hang on to the things so much and so tightly until they all crumble in order to hear this message. Like get passionate, get excited, listen to your intuition. Ta-da! Like, <laughs> like, it doesn't have to crumble in order to learn these lessons. But for me, it did. And that's how I learned them. So now I don't even dare try because I just know where it leads. And it doesn't lead to the place I want to get to again. I want to be excited and fun and passionate and travel and be joyful. And I don't, you know, I don't want to work and sift through like 5,000 investors. I just want to sit here and have the most amazing investor show up and who do I need to be and what do I need to do in order for that to happen? Welcome to Guided, a podcast all about following your intuition, no matter where it guides you. Welcome back to Guided. This is your host, Zach Luz. Guided is a show that's all about following our intuition, no matter where it guides us. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about transcending identity with intuitive CEO, Zlata Suschik. So Zlata Suschik, our guest, is as high performing as it gets. Um, right now, she is the CEO of a robotics and artificial intelligence company, and she has one hell of a track record. So let's go ahead and just talk about this because it's incredible. Just scanning her bio, looking at a couple bullet points, uh, she was a wellness educator and 26-time bodybuilding medalist. Her last podcast had over 5.2 million downloads. Um, her current podcast is ranked number 34 out of 750,000 podcasts in the tech category. She's been named one of the top five leading women in business in San Diego. She's studied... Uh, integrative psychology, NLP, spiral dynamics, integral theory, transpersonal psychology. And to top all that off, she has been gifted with extremely sharp intuitive abilities. So Zlata is no stranger to high achievement. But what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about how she had to go through a spiritual awakening to open her up to the truths and perspectives and paradigms that's led her into her current uh, venture as a CEO of Hero, the world's first helper robot that actually helps people. So this conversation is really cool because I know Zlata and I've seen her go through the past couple of years because she's been a client of mine. And I've seen her go through the ups, the downs, the in-betweens, and I know her story really, really well. So we go really deep and we answer a handful of questions that I think you're going to find to be really interesting. One of which is, what are the limitations of affixing ourselves to a single identity? 
We'll talk about how do you transcend that identity while still maintaining a sense of security for ourselves after that ego death. We'll then talk about how to leverage the power of an enormous ego to serve our spirit. Then we'll conclude where I will decode some of Zlata's patterns live so you can see how she uses her intuition to build multi-million dollar businesses regardless of what industry she's in, whether it's tech, whether it's coaching and high performance, whether it's wellness, regardless of what it is, we're going to break down what are her actual programs, what are her actual beliefs. And um, yeah, then you can find out how she's changed her experience so that instead of running around like crazy person chasing after success and working as hard as she possibly can, how she's gotten to this point now where she can just magnetize success in and you know, I'm not BSing you about that. There's actually a story in there where she just decided she wanted to manifest investors for her robotics company, and she does exactly that because her beliefs are all in line with that. So, anyway, this is an enormously useful and really fun conversation that I have with Zlata. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So, stick around and enjoy. When people ask you, What do you do? I know that's an insane question to ask someone like you, but how do you respond to that now? I think that's been the hardest question to actually answer. And for like the 3D situation purposes, it varies depending on what rooms I'm in, right? Like I either go, I'm a CEO of this, or I'm a founder of that, or I'm, a, I'm an expansionism activist. Um, and I think the, the more that I've gone into the journey of self and the journey of soul, I've realized how these descriptions are descriptors so much for 3D and not so much for what actually happens with the soul. Because I think we tend to use a label to justify our existence or justify our being or really identify somewhere, connect on some level. And increasingly, it's been so difficult for me to do that because there is a limitlessness that has come with the exploration. And I saw how much I was egoically hiding myself behind the labels. Like I'm a CEO of a robotics company. Like I feel validated in this crowd to, to coming to conclusion that there's just really not enough that I can say that will describe me. As you can imagine, that's really difficult to write LinkedIn profile for. So for the sake of for the sake of this podcast is a soul on a journey of ascension <laughs> for the sake of any other room is you know i i i work in technology and in order to expand technology to shape culture and transcend humanity yeah it's pretty tough to wrap you up into uh, any sort of boxes and that's one of the reasons that i really wanted to have you on the show one of the things i wanted to talk about in this episode was identity Mm. and how how to transform across several identities and just for people that haven't heard a, a little bit about your story i mean you have all of the all of the accomplishments people would kill for the type of uh, success and track record that you have i was just kind of scanning uh, some of your bios that you've had in other for other talks or things like that. And people talk about you being you know, the CEO of the world's first helper robot that actually helps, 
you know, have, I mean, the podcast that you just launched, Sound of Light, hit number 34 out of 750,000 podcasts. I mean, you've, you've already had another podcast with over 5 million downloads. And that's just tip of the iceberg with you. You've also, outside of technology, you've been extremely successful in basically everything that you've touched. So what I want to talk about is how you've transcended identities over time and how that kind of connects to the work that you're doing now. So maybe what we can start off with is uh, to kind of orient everyone in time. Let's talk about before we started working together, where were you at, and then kind of bring us through your story a little bit to where you are now. Good question, and thank you so much for, um, for the acknowledgement. Thank you so much for really seeing, you know, really seeing me and really knowing me beyond what's on paper um, and, and really wanting to translate that story because I, I think there's so much depth to that conversation. And if I were to say about, you know, BZ before Zach, <laughs> I had a very, um, I had a very limiting view on myself and somehow at the same time, knowing that I was destined for really great things. And um, what I think has been absolutely critical in transcending identities and the accolades is that I have always done what, passionate, what, ex, what passionately excites me. Not just excites me, sort of like on a level, I'll read an article about it. And I really mean what I'm really passionate about right now. And not necessarily being afraid well afraid and unafraid at the same time i think the level of afraid has sort of suppressed with time because i realized it's sort of a self-imposed thing and with what i'd done in my previous career really before diving deep into tech is fitness and um the fork on the road actually even right before that zach which you don't know um was politics and i think it's really interesting watching the political uh, roam right now um, because the fork in a road before there was, which identity do I want to choose right now? Um, I got a, an internship at the White House with, the, with a congresswoman. And uh, I was supposed to go to D.C. I was on the chair of, you know, the, the political party. I'm not going to mention which one. Uh, in college. And um, I had done some work for, for a political candidate. I'm, not gonna, I'm just like trying to be really uh, white label here. I really had to choose between two passions. I either had to choose my competitive bodybuilding journey in fitness or really pursuing politics. And uh, I, that was like really the first decision really in life where I was like, I'm going to choose my passion, even though it doesn't make sense. And moving to San Diego was not a really great decision either, but I was like, I'm going to choose my passion, what I really want to do. And like, I really want to be in the sunshine. And and that's, and that's really how I was able to, to transcend what I really wanted to do, if that, makes, if that makes sense. And then even how technology happened, I looked around at my fitness company and I said, okay, we have, you know, this many downloads on a podcast. We've helped literally thousands of people. I have a best-selling book on Amazon and I'm done here. Like, I'm not passionate about this anymore. I've done everything that I could have done. What am I really passionate about now? And unraveling the, the material of 
okay, well, at this level now where I've achieved outside success, right? Like the house, the car, the this, the that. And now it's a lot harder to pursue my passion because I'm not willing to detach from the things that I've acquired, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So now not, not only do I have to detach from like certain identities, but I also have to detach from material. And that was really a, a big... Um, a big journey of, of you and I beginning our work together of, of really stripping things back and really coming down to what is my passion now? What really drives me now? What impact do I want to create now? And that really, you know, was a, I would say a really tough two year journey, maybe even three, that's sort of like wrapping up and continuing at this point that led me to living in Bali and then living in Thailand and really doing a lot of exploration in, in, in the jungle uh, experimenting with plant medicine because I mean, if you don't have the answers, like what else are you going to do? <laughs> you might as well, um, you know, meditating on top of mountains. And a lot of that had to do with transcending the labels and really tuning back into passion. And it's amazing that I ended up essentially back where I started at a, a new startup, a new venture, a new creation. And, um, really with a lot more understanding that I cannot allow what I do be who I am. I think that's such, such an important point to key in on. So can you go into a little bit more depth about that? Like, how do you see other people kind of affixing their sense of self to any of those identities or those accolades? And then Absolutely. where the limitations are of, of doing that? Absolutely. And I see this every single day because we're told, well, write your LinkedIn bio and focus on one thing and do it really well. And until you achieve some certain success, don't do anything else, right? Like you are supposed to be really focused. <laughs> and I think we mistaken focus and clarity for a box because I think one of my greatest strengths now is not having a box and, and having the opportunity to, to really play a role in multitude of different businesses and multitude of different conferences to speak a multitude of different topics. So A, it's a societal thing of like clarity and focus. And then it becomes a pressure on ourselves for clarity and focus. And I mean, Zach, you've heard this word from me a million times. Zach, I just want to get some clarity, which often becomes like, I really want to control the situation and my awakening process into one, one clear line. And it's like, well, what if you're not? What if you're a river? you know? <laughs> so it's been, I think the biggest journey. Um, how can I best answer that question, Zach? So when you're getting ready to have this, okay. So I want to talk about that, you know, two, three year period. Right. And just because you, you have gotten to the point now where you have hindsight and mm -hmm. you're able to sometimes extremely elegantly and other times uh, it's been a little bumpier with integration of, of transcending through that. I kind of want to just have people understand what did it take? Like, what did you have to let go of? Like when you went into the jungle and you worked with plant medicines, you know, what kinds of things came up? And I mean, I even want to talk about what what identities had to die and like what was that experience mm. like for you to answer the first question on what i really had to let go of the answer is everything and i mean everything and the things that i fought the hardest to keep had to go the first does that make sense like i fought so hard to keep the fortune that i made right mm -hmm. uh bye-bye <laughs> 
I was hanging on so hard, like so tightly to like, for everybody who's listening, you can listen to it from like a perspective of I'm going to be super material and like, that's all I cared about. Or we can look at it from a different lens, right? Of actually me grounding into what are the things that people think they want that will determine success and give them what they want. And then what happens when you have to transcend every single one, because now there's a bunch of identities attached to having a fortune. That means you're successful. You know what you're doing and know what you're talking about. So with letting go of the fortune, I had to let go of like the external of, I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm doing because I always have it together and I'm successful. Like I don't, I honestly don't give a shit if you think I'm successful. If you don't think I'm successful, I like how I sleep at night's not going to change. But my life before was contingent upon your approval of my success, your approval of how much money you think I have in my bank account, your approval of how well put together am I and all the effort that needed to go into that. And I, and I think that's, that was a really amazing driver to, to win 23 or six bodybuilding shows, whatever at that point it was. <laughs> um, and so that was one. Um, I think another identity breaking moment or identity releasing moment was speaking of the fitness stuff is when I just looked at the shelf of my trophies and I just went, this is so not me anymore. Like, I don't want to go and achieve for the sake of validation of self. And it resulted in me grabbing a trash bag and just tossing however 20 whatever trophies and medals from marathons and ultras and whatever I've done, right? And just tossing it straight in the trash and being like, okay, we're done with the, we're, we're done with that one. We're done with the external validation. We're done with hard work and trying and proving. And I think that that was like the first step of really transcending that part of my personality, realizing how it's really blocking my creativity. Um, and then still going through that for like the next, you know, year and a half too. And sometimes it's still kind of roars, it's rears, it's where, how do you say that? Where the ugly head comes out? How do you say that? <laughs> rears, roars, it depends on how, uh, how angry that ugly head is. If it's rearing or roaring. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it roars. So, you know, that was another, that was another identity that really needed to go like the achiever and doing things the hard way. Another identity that really had to go is that, <laughs> I love this. I think I'm still learning that lesson, that um, I'm very consistent. Like, I am consistent, and I will show up, and I will always, you know, consistently do the same thing. In the last two, three years, period, I've moved one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, and it might be the eighth coming up quick. So it's been really rocking foundationally. What do I need in order to feel good? And what do I need in order to remember who I am? And really stripping down identities of I'm a San Diegan, I'm an Alaskan, I'm Russian, I'm a New Yorker, I'm this, I'm that, depending on the place. And we've all seen this with people like, oh, I come from small city, Wisconsin, and now I live here. It's like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> but what does that really mean? You know what I mean? Like, does that really even matter? like small town identity or big city identity or nomad identity or lifestyle entrepreneur identity. Like transcending all of that was huge for me because I am who I am regardless of the place that I am. And I'm realizing how much, how much less I actually need in order to feel good.
that was like, that was huge because I mean, I was like the woman with over a hundred pairs of shoes. And now if you look at my closet, I think I have like five or six. Okay. Maybe seven. So it was, that was a lot as well. So am I on the right track here, Zach? Is that kind of what you've been wanting to hear from me? Totally. Totally. I mean, the metaphor of you taking all of your trophies because I, I almost didn't want to bring it up because it's so far from um, who you are now. But <laughs> when you're just kind of glossing over it, like, yeah, I did a fitness thing. I mean, you had a multi-million dollar business helping thousands of people competing at the highest level. And you're like, oh yeah, I did the fitness thing for a while. For you to, I mean, there's a lot of courage and um, consistency and hard work and all the, all those ingredients that it takes in order to reach that pinnacle. But mm-hmm. for you to just be there and then see all the trophies and then wipe them off the shelf into a garbage bag, the metaphor of that is insane because it's like, it's, it's so much of your life. And I think that's that level of, of courage and clarity. It just, it takes so much to get to that point, to be willing to let go. And I'm willing to bet some of your time in the jungle helped with that. You have anything about that that you want to share? Sure. You're making a really good, good point here. And I actually came to that conclusion before I went to the jungle. Um, the jungle was a pivotal point in the the amount of shame I had around my spiritual gifting and to be able to sit to stand for the gifts that I've been provided with the gifts that I've been gifted with right like the presence and it was it was it was the stake in the ground of saying you know what I I am totally okay with losing losing my mind and losing my head because at that point I had done everything in order to feel not just happy, but to feel anything. Because by the time I got to the jungle, I've been stripped so much that I didn't even have any emotions. The emotion was indifference. I don't know if you remember this, but I was walking around for, for, for months with the feeling of absolute indifference and there was no taste in my mouth for life. I'm like, I don't even want to be happy because every time I think I'm happy, it's just another identity. So I'm just not going to do anything. And then it was like, okay, Zlata, you can't do that. So the books weren't helping. The, the podcasts weren't helping. The, the, you no, know, I had like seven, seven coaches, healers, consultants. Like that wasn't really, it was, you know, it was moving me in the right direction. And I needed something bigger and needed something greater. And I did what any reasonable, intelligent woman would do. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into the jungle. It's not the maps. And I'm just going to do drugs. So, and, you know, spending my time there um, really, really had um, gifted me with an opportunity to, to really see my gifts and appreciate my gifts. And something that I came back with that was so important and is still so important is really when well, like when somebody tells me about a business idea or an idea they think that they're gonna bring to life or like oh what's your take on this it's so incredible to see all the hundreds of possibilities and avenues that it can go 
and actually being able not to just tell that human being of what they should be doing because it's just my ego telling them what they should be doing and at the same time guide them to that decision making process themselves about what could be a possible great avenue and it's been it's been so amazing using using utilizing and sharing that gift with people and even in in my companies now where we're able to really utilize this gift for for the greater good um and then I recently did a journey in the jungle um, I, over the summer, and that was a completely different experience for me. Um, and that was all about um, family. And that was all about family values. And that was all about family being number one and um, how much work I had done around that and forgiveness work I had done around that. That's, that's also the identity that I had to trans, transpose of, you know, my fatherless daughter or my mom didn't love me to truly understanding that like we all do the best we can with what we have. Um, and that's given me so much strength even since then. And that was the journey of the summer to really, um, to really grow closer with, with my family and think of family completely differently. A couple journeys in the jungle, a couple awakened moments in the jungle. And I continue to do that at least every year to get a perspective on what's here and what's coming. So let's talk about overcoming your shame of your, your spiritual gifts, <laughs> because I, every once in a while, no, I'll, I'll see like your Instagram and uh, then I can see your bio. And then I remember one time I saw it and it said, I can see the future and it says like, Oh, you know, I talk about future of work, robotics, AI, that kind of thing. And for a lot of other people, they might just go, oh, okay, she's working on future of work. She can see the future. I get it. But they don't understand. <laughs> like, they're, they're missing a key, key component. Yeah. And I, I've, never, I've never asked for your permission to label you as clairvoyant, but it's pretty, it's in the ballpark. Is that a fair, fair assumption? You know, I see the future is something that I had put, uh, I had put on there. I think it was after maybe Bali or wherever I was for, for a while where I really started to um, get very intense downloads about what the future is going to look like. And really, I see the future was true for people that I was with and not just one future and seeing variable futures. Let's just be clear, not one future, variable futures. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I started to get these very um, clear and intense downloads about future of work and future of medicine and indi individualized uh, pharmacy and individual travel and like flying cars are not even the future anymore. It's just like what's happening. Uh, and um, humans and robots working together and everybody individually having an AI in their pocket. And I'm, and at that point, Zach, I didn't have a top, you know, 100 podcast in technology on AI and robotics. Yeah. I like, I was in, I was in Bali eating vegan cake. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it wasn't like my life was more about how can I do absolutely nothing to where, you know, I will force myself to do absolutely nothing because all I've known in my life is to do a lot. And um, 
clairvoyance is 100% uh, 100% of the gifts. And, you know, I think I'm actually going to change my Instagram back to I see the future because there's there's no other words to describe that. And now when we are sitting in team meetings for uh, the robotics company that um, we're building and I'm building and I'm seeing, I'm like, no, 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 the robot hovers. It doesn't roll on the ground, it hovers. And they look at me and they go, how in the world is it gonna hover? We have no hover technology. And I go, well, that's why we're in this room because we're gonna build it. Like, how can this robot hover? And don't tell me on the reasons why it can't. And let's go find some reasons why it can't. So that's like, that's the craziest thing because I wasn't a sci-fi fan. I, I sat on the sci-fi panel uh, at an AI conference in May in San Francisco. And they're like, well, do you remember when Princess Leia was this captured this way in this movie? And I was like, yeah, except I've seen that in the future and we're all going to have one never seen a sci-fi movie in my life. How did I end up on this panel? Which is also another crazy thing to talk about. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it just happened. It yeah. just so happened and I couldn't not accept it. Like it got so clear that it was like, okay, I'm not gonna even like ignore it at this point. <laughs> yeah, and from this point, can you see how important it was for you to go through that period of, of isolation and ego dismantling? in order for you to be able to receive this because had you received those kinds of visions when you were um, at the peak of your, your fitness career or peak of your coaching career, it's like you wouldn't even, you wouldn't have been able to receive that, that those visions and you wouldn't have been able to move with it until you got to the point where um, that was no longer dictating who you were. It's like, I remember when, this was coming up for you it's like you could see you could feel this push coming in but the only way that you could shift identities as quickly as you did was when after you had had any remaining hope of having a, a single singular identity structure kind mm -hmm. of torn away from you through your whole ego death. Zach, it is so incredible because the reason I was in Bali doing nothing is because at that moment I was surrendering my CEO-ness. Like the fact that I needed to be this big CEO of this big company and it wasn't a question of want I or two because I have this great idea or I have this great message. It was just because that's what my ego has been built on right like I'm a CEO of this company I need to build another company to be a CEO of another company by the time I got to Bali I was like fuck all these identities I just want vegan cake you know what I mean and I was like I was like totally done I'm like I don't even want to build a big company maybe I'll live in Bali and like sell hammocks I don't know I don't care <laughs> you know like maybe I'll just move to the Himalayas and I'll meditate I really at that point like Jesus take the wheel and that was the most amazing transformation most amazing shift because that's when it started dropping in because when i had fully surrendered it and the second time not the second time but the the third really the third really important identity that i had to transcend with being a ceo was the fact that i needed to be financially wealthy and that was such a, a childhood decision that was made at age four or five by seeing you know the family or seeing the structures and seeing what money could uh, air quotes buy that's been the second hardest identity to to transcend and 
I, I will say that I've done like a, an incredible job at, at, at really just surrendering what will be the number in my bank account uh, and where it will come from. So those two were the, like some of the core shifting moments. So let's talk a little bit about what's the difference between internal success, mm-hmm. which you referred to earlier about, you know, when you, now you, when you talk to people, you don't give a shit if they can see you as successful or not. So the difference between that type of internal success and the type of external success that financial abundance represented to you. Like, how do you, how do you relate to external versus internal success now? after going through it, because it's not fun when we're dismantling identities to have to let go of all that stuff, especially something that so many of us equate to as security. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I guess maybe the best question is, how do you generate a sense of security for yourself now versus back then? Oh, geez. Um, (laughs) That's such a good question. I needed a lot more to feel safe and secure. Like there was a lot of things that needed to happen in order for me to feel safe and secure. Like there are a lot of questions that needed to be answered, like position, ranking of a podcast or like how many clients we had, like where was the book ranked, right? Like a lot of those were the validators of like, here's, here's my success. And now I think the simple question that I come back to because it's been, you know, it's been a journey of multiple companies, multiple homes. And, and now it's just, in order to feel safe, I just literally look around. I touch myself. I'm like, okay, we're still here. <laughs> like we're still on earth. We good. Right. <laughs> so, because I mean, I have human moments big time and, and I think we all will, as long as we're following our passion and as long as we're creating and so much of it is instinctual. But now the question is, is like, okay, is my head screwed on to my body? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think I'm good. Even the other day I fell, I fell off, uh, we're burning man and I fell off my bike totally. Like I was just driving, 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 just fell off my bike. And like my, my leg was all scratched up, right? Like it was like kind of bleeding, but kind of not. And I just looked at my leg and I was like, whatever it will heal moving on. Like I'm safe. I'm fine. Let's go. But before it would be like, Oh my God, I scratched my leg. Let's make some drama about it. And now I'm not pretty. And it's just like, Oh my God, it would just be a whole thing. So I don't know if that really answers your question, Zach, but I, it's just a simple answer now. Like, is my head screwed onto my body? Am I good? Am I going to live? Okay, cool. Where am I today? Okay, today I'm in New York City. What do I got to do today in order to like feel good and like have an amazing experience? Oh, I got to do, you know, I got to do a podcast with Zach. And I, I, oh, you know what it is, Zach? In order for me to feel safe, now that I'm saying all of this, I needed a schedule and I needed this intense calendar. And I could have told you what I'm doing like three, four months from now and everything needed to be on autopilot and for it to like, I need to know. And now I don't need to know. I have no idea if I'm going to be back in LA next week or if I'm going to be in Dallas or if I'm going to be in DC. I have no clue. I'm so surrendered in knowing that I will be exactly where I need to be, that that's like the most insane sense of freedom and safety and 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 being one with the guidance that I'm receiving. Like that's that's probably the the answer that that was really needing to come through. So yeah. So one of the questions I was talking with Camille before the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, is there anything you want me to ask Zlata? And then she said, Yeah, are you kidding me? How is Zlata guided? She's been 
massively successful across multiple different industries, having these little ego deaths all along the way. And she was asking me, well, how, how has she done it? Like, how does she pay attention to her guidance? Does she have one business plan that she just does it and it works all the time and she kind of tweaks that simple formula? Or is it more of a thing where you're just completely surrendered to intuition and your intuition guides you the whole way and you've developed enough trust in it through nothing but the, the willingness to surrender in the past? Like, how, how are you guided? What a really, it's an amazing question. I'll give you an example of a podcast because that's an actionable, workable example that I can share um, that we can relate to. I will always know what's the next creation. It will drop in and it will be like, let's do this. And it will come in out of nowhere. And I can sit with it and see what it really wants to be. So silence and a lot of space has really been helpful for me to, to receive. A lot of the times I receive a complete vision and I might receive it 30 years from now, right? Like mm-hmm. with, the, with, the, um, with the, the robotics company, it started me showing it from like the end. Like this is what it's going to be like. Good luck making it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same really with the podcast is like, the podcast will be great. Just do it. And I'm like, what? How? When? What? Whatever. What? 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 I started to have all these questions, right? And if I just allow the space and really understand the intention of why am I creating this? Maybe I don't understand the intention, but different information starts to drop in. The less I think and the more I'm just receiving. So the more I sit in silence, the more I walk, the more myself, myself feel good something will pop in. Absolutely. And then for me, the main journey there is to put pen to paper. I'm guided very much through pen to paper. And um, it could be keyboard to a notepad as well on like iCloud. For some reason, I, I like, I can't write on a Word document I think it's like some form of trauma associated with the book I wrote, like blank page, but I can write on a yellow blank page. So it's the, it's the funniest thing. So then I absolutely get to write it down and I don't put any thought into it at all. It just all sort of moves like my hand moves or like, I'm just, I'm just writing. And so that's like the two phases. That's the two steps. And then the moment that I try to turn it into a business strategy, a business model, a business entity, it goes wah, wah, wah. So with the podcast specifically, I was like, oh, how can we monetize? How can we do a sponsor? How can we do this? How can we do that? The more I started asking hows, the more the whole thing gets blocked. Mm-hmm. It's the most amazing thing. And when I, when I start to just from there follow, okay, what's fun? What do I want to learn? What could be really exciting about that? And so that's how the podcast took shape. It dropped in that there needs to be a podcast about technology and specifically with, with um, really that uh, an aspect of there is a new earth, there is a new paradigm, there is a new ascendant consciousness of, of AI and robots. And the reason that this is something that's happening is because we're ready for it and we have a lot of data and we have a lot of global issues and there's really no other way to fix them other than to have an AI do it. I was like, okay, well, really interesting. Uh, it's also really interesting to reconcile <laughs> the opinions I don't agree with. <laughs> um, and the opinions that are shared by, by the spirit, by the source. 
So that's all, that's, you know, that's an interesting paradigm always. And sometimes I agree. Sometimes I don't, and I just keep doing it. And, um, then with the creative spin, I'm always like, what would really excite me? Like, what could be really fun? Like a robot that hovers is really fun. A podcast that sounds like you're immersed in like space and it feels so sci-fi and you're like, and the, the, the voice is distorted and you sort of sound like an AI. That's fun and interesting. And then I get guided from there. The more I allow, the more I get guided. The more the right conferences show up that I don't have to pay for. The more people just email me into my inbox and go, this is this amazing person you need to interview. The more like I just reach out to an MIT professor and go, what do you think about that? Just from an intuitive hunch. So um, the, the ego, the execution though, really comes in when it's time to get shit done. When it's time to get things on the RSS feed, when it's time to write the intros, when it's time to book an expert, that's when the ego starts to serve. It's serving the original idea and it's serving the original intention. It does not get to come in and really get the how because that's not spirit. That's a form of an ego that is needed in order to get the things rolling, in order to hire the people, in order to choose the people, in order to select what goes on and what stays. That's when it gets to come in. That's when it gets to show up and shine and really support the spiritual download. And I have gotten to this point, which I, which I um, feel so good about, where most of the time the ego is a servant of the spirit versus you know, ego was always trying to figure out the how and, and spirit sort of like <laughs> attempting to fly in, but be being like, no, 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 you know, I'm more guided by the ego than whatever I'm receiving. Cause I don't agree. And, and that's really the creative process in a nutshell, the same thing's happening with the robot, the same thing's happening with, um, a silent partner um, in a digital agency. The same happens there. The same was happening with, you know, I just got approached to do, uh, the, fir the first world entertainment slash automated hotel with AI, AR and VR. And I was like, okay, this makes no sense. Let's, let's, let's see how it flows. I don't have a download on it, on it yet. And I'm not going to make a move until I get one. So that, that's, that's, really, that's really how that goes. Cool. So just deconstructing that a little bit more sure, for sure, sure. people, just because I really want them to get this because I know you understand the importance of our subconscious patterns and programs and beliefs. Mm -hmm. But for someone else that's starting to understand that, it might be really cool if we could just, I want to lead you through a little thing where we can kind of pluck out and see those beliefs. So you basically, you get the, the download and that's the vision mm -hmm. and that pops in. What would someone already have to believe in order to have the vision and the download be important? The first thing that uh, popped up is I am brilliant and or I'm a creator and or I am creative because I did not believe that for a really long time. I remember specifically being at a conference and a woman coming up to me um, and saying, oh my gosh, you're so brilliant. And I cried. I was like, what do you mean I'm brilliant? Like, and at this point, I'm like in a peak of my career. I'm like, I'm brilliant. Oh my God, it's amazing. So I would say that's probably the, the number one belief that's helped me. And what's true about people who are brilliant? That they are the creators, that they are creative, and they have 
everything they need. They have the resources that they need in order to execute and do an action. Got it. Because there's a lot of people that are probably getting visions and downloads all the time, but mm -hmm. they plop in and then they just go, well, yeah, future has, uh, you know, robots that are driving the flying cars. So anyway, cool picture, but I'm not going to do anything about it because for you, you have that connection to knowing you're brilliant and then you know that you have all the resources available to you because of that. I will give you, I will give, uh, humans who are listening a really bright example that happened recently on I have all the resources I need and if I don't have the resources I need why I was trying to incorporate our company in Dallas Texas and at first like something went wrong with like the submission then my bank account got frozen it was so weird it was the weirdest it was weird and me knowing me knowing that I was like, okay, well, something's not working. And it was indeed something isn't working because I didn't have um, the right paperwork with the founding team where we needed to do a proper allocation of shares. And if I would have incorporated without the right information, I would have made a fundamental mistake that wouldn't allow for me to move forward with the right funding and with the right allocation of shares for my team. I actually don't need to be incorporated in, in Texas. I need to be incorporated in Delaware. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't, and if I just continued pushing and I didn't believe that I already have everything I need and perhaps I just need to ask, I would be like, I'd go on a, on a bunch of guilt trips of like why this isn't working. Right. And the next day, like bank account was working again. I was like, well, of course. So that kind of ties into your willingness to just sit there when you're not guided, where mm -hmm. your former self was like, uh, excuse me, we need to have the calendar completely packed. And if we don't, then our identity is at stake and we can't have that. And then it's just more mm -hmm. force. And so on the other side, so the, the first belief is called an enabling belief. And then there's this other thing called a motivating belief. So how come you're willing to pay attention to your vision when it comes in? Because here there might be other people that get these visions that they go, oh, that's just a, that's just a dream I had. You know, I basically had a daydream. But for you, there's like this reverence around it. And you're like, but that's the future. You know, it's, it's a lot less uh, enlightening than you think. <laughs> it's a, it, it literally is a lot less enlightening than you think. If I do anything but the dream that I just received, it will eventually break. So uh. if I receive a download and I, and I choose not to act on that download, or if I just choose to say, oh, this was just something that I saw in the jungle, I should probably do a little less next time. It will just not work. It, will, it won't work either from inception or it won't work long-term. And I'm walking into a tunnel that I don't need to be in. It's dark and it's weird and I'm unsupported. So I guess the belief, if, if we're really to track that, that I am supported on the journey if I receive the dream could be a great belief. And if somebody else had that belief, they might um, have similar experiences. And then Correct. the last question on decoding your strategy for this is how do you know when it's a download? What does that feel like in your body? Yeah, what are you paying attention to? Um, what are the sensations? I get really, 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 really excited. <laughs> I'm like, let's create this podcast. It makes no sense. <laughs> and I, it was so good. 
in the same way that I'm like so stoked on writing a book. I have a book coming out in January. Don't ask me what it's on. But I'm really, really, really excited about it. And that excitement sort of lives on because every time I touch it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get you. And uh, if that's not there, then it's not a download. Then it becomes a part of a business model or a business plan. And yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's really fun. It's, it's captivating. And when I'm in that mode, of course, it's just magnetic because then people, resources, publishers, uh, investors show up. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it gets to be that good. It gets to be that captivating and that magnetic. That's how I know. Do you want to talk a little bit more about magnetic success as opposed to conventional success? That's like the term that I'm starting to use to describe this, uh, this whole phenomenon. Well, I would be happy to explore with you about describing this phenomenon. Um, I will tell you that to me, in order for the phenomenon to be a phenomenon, the first responsibility I have is to, to be magnetic myself and whatever it is that I need to do uh, in order to create that, whoever it is I need to be that day to be that. And, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm jet lagged. Ugh. You know, it's like four hours difference from where I just came from. And I have a full inbox. And then it's like, wah, wah, wah. you're already not feeling magnetic. So to me, it's been literally like pumping myself up and being really excited about something. And if I'm not excited about another thing, I'm not doing it. So if I'm not excited about the podcast that day, I'm not going to do it. If I can psych myself up on like the robot that day, I'll do the robot thing. So for me, it's been like, <laughs> what can I get really excited about? Then, then it works. Maybe painting a picture of what's possible for the old you, you know, the one two or three years before your whole losing all your identities and transforming and, and going through all that work. What did success look like and feel like then versus what does this magnetic success look like and feel like now? <laughs> I'll give you a, such a good analogy, Zach. Before, in order for me to feel successful or to be successful, I needed to do a lot of work. And I would need to wake up, hustle hard, and get the work. And then the work would come. And then it would further reinforce the belief that I have to work really hard for my success. And with the belief system that I have now about magnetic success and I'm supported and it gets to be really fun. I get to see how that belief comes to fruition and specifically the way that this is being shown to me now. I love that we're having this conversation right now is the robotics company that I'm running. We need an investment. And it's not that I decided that we need an investment is I know we need investment because it dropped in and it was like in September, you'll get an investor, right? I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm still excited about my robotics company. We're still creating. We're a fun team. Like we're, you know, we're on calls and we're doing what we're doing. I've asked my team to put together investor lists, like who they think are going to be great investors. Just to say, all right, universe, I'm signaling to you that I'm open on the investment, right? I'm totally open. By the end of the week where I've said, okay, I, 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 I know we need investment. I've signaled to my team that we can start get working on it. I have three emails in my inbox from investors asking if I have what's called a term sheet or what's called a pitch deck to share with them because they have some investments that opened up. I didn't go online and started to look like, who are the top key investors? And let me make a spreadsheet list. And here's a list that my friend sent me that has 3,000 investors. Let me call all of them and let me fly and then let me pitch and let me do this and let me do that. 
if I'm guided towards that and I'm magnetic and I'm excited and I'm signaling like, yes, I'm a yes on receiving this investment, it just shows up. It's kind of magical and magnetic. I just think that's so important for people to hear, especially from you. Because there's, I mean, I know at this point, it's, it's just silly to even talk about track record mm-hmm. as a concept. But for a lot of people, that's like the thing that gives them the structure and allows them to feel safe to be like, okay, mm-hmm. let me listen to what this person has to say. But for them to know that you're basically running multiple companies completely on intuition. And I, I, I can't remember the last time I read a like self-development book that said like, yeah, if you don't feel excited, don't do it. <laughs> if that's the person if that's not written in your personal development book you should toss it you know it's like it's if i were to listen to this interview three years ago i would have been like i would have turned it off at this point and been like this woman is full of shit like life is not like pixie dust and rainbows where you get your trust and you get to travel to bali and then poof it happens like it doesn't happen for me I mean, it just happens for her because she must be blah, 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 gifted or lucky or whatever. She just doesn't want to work and whatever. You know, there's so many things I could come up with that would not allow for me to hear the words that I'm saying right now. And I would be the last person to say, okay, there, there's a possibility there. If I didn't at some point have a moment where everything was dismantled and crumbled, right? But you don't have to hang on to the things so much and so tightly until they all crumble in order to hear this message. Like get passionate, get excited, listen to your intuition. Ta-da! Like, <laughs> like, it doesn't have to crumble in order to learn these lessons. But for me, it did. And that's how I learned them. So now I don't even dare try because I just know where it leads. And it doesn't lead to the place I want to get to again. I want to be excited and fun and passionate and travel and be joyful. And I don't, you know, I don't want to work and sift through like 5,000 investors. I just want to sit here and have the most amazing investor show up and who do I need to be and what do I need to do in order for that to happen? And I get to follow my intuition. I get to be excited. I sure I get to spend the nights building a pitch deck last week that was literally happening because somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, can you send me one? And I was like, well, I have one. I'll create you one. There you go. So it's not that I'm not doing the work. I do plenty of work, but the source that it's done from is completely different than it used to come from. So if you could go back in time as like a guardian angel for that younger version of yourself, and there she is hearing you talk about this and going, oh, she's full of shit. (laughs) What do you think that younger version of you would have to change their perspective on in order for them to be able to start hearing you? Success is not hard. Uh, And success is not doing hard work. Success is about, this is going to sound so silly right now. Success is about fun. It's literally about fun. And as long as you're having fun, you are successful. Well, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. That's just excellent. And um, literally my guiding light, like, is that fun? Do I really want to do this? Is this fun? Like if, that's not, I'm not doing, I literally will not do it if it's not fun. Won't go there. If, if I have to work with you and you're not fun, I don't have to work with you. Somebody (laughs) else will show up. Mm -hmm. So speaking of things that are fun, you want to talk about Mm -hmm. the future? Mm -hmm. 
So hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you want to get connected with Zlata, there's two places you can follow her. One is on Instagram. Her handle is Zlata SSX. So Z-L-A-T-A-S-S-X. And if you feel called to send her a direct message, there's also a contact form on her website and she gets every single one of those emails as well. Um, so those, yeah, those go straight to her. So her website is ZlataSSX.com. So Z-L-A-T-A-S-S-X.com. And then there's a contact form there. So either of those ways you can get in contact with Zlata and continue the conversation. And I recommend you do so because she's wonderful, as you well know at this point. Next time in part two of this interview, we're going to talk about the future. We're going to talk a little bit more about future of work. We're going to talk about robotics. And she's. I'm actually going to reveal um, part of the intuitive reading that she did for me, which got me all choked up. So uh, I wasn't going to share that at first, but I decided, you know what? If you guys are listening, I got to share the juicy stuff. And it's amazing, too, because then you actually get to experience... Um, part of Zlata just channeling and using her intuition live. So it's really cool. So uh, stick around for, for part two. And just like always, you don't have to watch out when you look within. Thanks. Intro and outro music by The Passion Hi-Fi.